Imagine not knowing what your income would be each week. Financial planning would be a nightmare. Almost 90% of Vision's income is free will donations. When supporters commit to monthly giving, it provides greater certainty when budgeting for regular expenses and weighing up new opportunities that arise. Knowing we can rely on regular gifts each month takes some of the guesswork out of operating a faith ministry. Monthly givers who share our mission are called Visionary Extra Mile Partners. And right now, you're invited to join this growing group of faithful supporters. The amount of your tax-deductible monthly gift is completely up to you. What is most important is knowing that you are standing with us to reach Australia for the gospel. Click the banner at vision.org.au or in the Vision app to find out more about becoming a Visionary Extra Mile Partner. It only takes a few minutes, but will have an eternal impact. Vision. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. But there's some unbelievable exchanges that are happening in our parliaments and in bureaucracy that implements government policy. Just over a week ago, our Australian Sex Discrimination Commissioner, Anna Cody, was visibly uncomfortable in a Senate estimates hearing answering questions from Senator Malcolm Roberts about sex and gender. And our special guest today says the Australian Sex Discrimination Commissioner can't or won't define what a woman is. Well, we're returning to conversation today, contrasting the biblical biological truth about sex and gender with the prevailing confusion to the highest levels in our land. And we're asking your thoughts on how to fix it. Well, our special guest today is Kiralee Smith, who is, I might say, the reigning Australian Mother of the Year. Kiralee leads the organisation called Binary. She's one of the very courageous women standing up to the rampant campaign to de-gender Australian society. And we'll get into this conversation because girls and women tend to be the biggest losers in all of that. Perhaps the whole nation is a loser, but girls and women specifically vulnerable in this issue. Kiralee Smith, a special welcome back to 2020. Always great to speak with you, Neil. Kiralee, let's start with last week and the status of confusion that prevails uh, in Australian bureaucracy around uh, this issue of sex and gender. What do you re- recollect from that, uh, that exchange with Senator Malcolm Roberts? Look, it was an episode straight out of a sitcom like Yes Minister. It was, uh, it was hilarious but uh, tragic at the same time. Um, Senator Malcolm Roberts uh, was calling on Anna Cody, the Sex Discrimination Commissioner, and asking her several questions about the reality of biological sex because she has um, written as a friend of the court, it's kind of a long explanation but you need this for the context, that um, Sal Grover is uh, an Australian woman who is being, uh, who has to go to federal court to determine the difference or which one will prevail, sex or gender identity. And the whole reason is because our Sex Discrimination Act no longer has any protections for sex. It has no definitions of the words such as female or male. And uh, it's being used as a weapon of lawfare now against women who defend women's sex-based rights. So here we have last week 
the female sex discrimination commissioner, Anna Cody, who um, has written to the court to say that uh, sex is not a biological concept which is just mind-blowing and staggering in the nth degree. And that all comes out of Julia Gillard's government in 2013 removing the definitions of sex, male and female, from the Sex Discrimination Act. So Malcolm Roberts drilled down on Anna Cody and asked some more questions uh, about what she meant by that. And she was unable to explain one, what the definition of sex was, two, what the definition of male or female was, and made some incredible statements uh, about those things to a Senate estimates hearing. Now, when we talk about the Sex Discrimination Commissioner, I mean, this department is really, uh, I guess when you boil it all down, it's about women who were feeling like they were losing their rights and how do we get back levels of equality with male uh, and you are saying well this is a little bit uh, strange isn't it because the woman who is at the helm can't define what a woman is uh, give us your insights here Kiralee well, that's correct. So in 1984, uh, the Sex Discrimination Act was um, passed as legislation and it was to protect women and to give more uh, equality in Australia. Uh, we'd already had the vote by that stage, but there were still uh, inequalities that needed to be rectified and there need to be protections for women and girls in the workplace, in education, in sport and so on. But that was all undone within a number of years. And uh, now we're seeing in 2024 that males are playing in female sports, they're entering our change rooms, they're taking our awards, uh, they're appropriating stereotypes of um, being female and our rights are being erased right before our very eyes and uh, and it's all done legally uh, because there are no protections in law for women's sex-based rights. You know, I'm going to be asking listeners uh, for solutions today and uh, there might be some who want to call in and be a part of our conversation. Uh, let me just get the ball rolling here. I think one of the solutions might be that if we make Kira Lee Smith the Sex Discrimination Commissioner, <laughs> there might be, there might, you never know. I mean, uh, someone might think, let's take that to a new level and uh, just a thought that goes through my mind. But when we're talking about solutions... Um, Listeners might like to have their say. 1-800-316-316. I do want to open our talkback lines. Uh, we'll take calls as they come through. If you've got some solution-oriented way that you can address this, you might have a question, you might have a comment. Those are welcome too. And look, you might even have a critique for our conversation. Uh, so 1-800-316-316. You mentioned a court case that's coming up. As I understand, it's called Tickle and Giggle or Tickle versus Giggle. Um, now, that's a, that's a catchy little name that I think listeners might remember and it might be something to follow along. So what's, what's the effort here um, in yes. this case? Look, it is, um, it is very memorable. It is Tickle versus Giggle, and it's Roxy Tickle, a man who identifies as a woman who wanted access to the Giggle for Girls app, which is run by Sal Grover. And uh, Sal, um, on her app, it's for females only. It's a space where women can uh, discuss issues. They can find um, rental partners. They can discuss business, uh, dating, all the rest of it. And it was supposed to be a safe space just for females. Um, Sal... And 
and the app excluded males from that app um, and Roxy Tickle has taken exception to that and uh, so now it's been escalated to the federal court because in uh, in law that says that you can't discriminate against someone according to their sex comma or gender identity but the problem is that sex and gender identity are in direct opposition to one another sex relies on biological reality male and female to exist whereas gender ideology denies uh, biological sex, male and female. And so it's going to the federal court and it will all boil down to which one will prevail, which one has precedence in law. And uh, it's going to be a very interesting case to watch, but it's one that we desperately need Sal Grover to win uh, because sex matters. And can I just say to yep. you, Neil, that yep. I'm not a feminist. I'm not someone there saying that women are better than men and that we should have all these rights and our own things um, at the exclusion of men. What I'm saying is that there are protections. Male and female were created equal before God. We have different roles that are really, really important to observe and acknowledge uh, that we have equal worth before God, but different roles in, in how we um conduct ourselves in life and I think that's an important point to make but it's so important to realise that women and girls are vulnerable and we do need protections under law uh, from, you know, um, males who may want to do the wrong thing. Let me ask you a sensitive question and uh, of course uh, we have all good respect for our judiciary but uh, with a case like this, how much do you think the outcome might depend on who is on the bench at the time? Look, I, I, I honestly don't know, Neil, but what I do know is that there are already many judges and magistrates in Australia, um, you know, that they will call a male she, miss or her. Uh, they will refer to men as women and it makes it really difficult to have confidence in the courts when, you know, we have to swear on the Bible or take an affirmation to say that we'll tell the truth, whereas uh, these judges and magistrates are already appeasing these men by referring to them as uh, females. So it's, it's really difficult. I don't know. I don't have a lot of confidence, but let's hope that we get a great judge at the federal court level who can... Uh, you know, adjudicate this reasonably. I said we're looking for solutions and I opened the talkback lines. Let's take a call. David is in Ballina in New South Wales. Hey, David, welcome along. Uh, good morning, uh, Neil and Curly and Curly. I think you're an absolute legend, actually. <laughs> Incredible woman you are. And Thank it was you. strangely enough, it was just um, on the weekend, just gone. Um, I met with a bunch of about 10 men in Mullumbimby. I might have been the only born again Christian there, but the Ten of us or so were all there for the same reason. We were concerned about where our country was going, let alone the world. And I actually brought up something which I hope they walked away and gave them food for thought. And it was to do with the gender thing as well as part from everything else that's going on. I said, our biggest resource in this country are our women. We should be standing behind our women as men of integrity and supporting them in their quest to have their identities back and I said I'm prepared to stand if women want to go out and march I'm prepared to stand in the gap between the people who come to try and cause dissent um, we know what's been going on in Victoria and Laura Deeming I think her name was another oh, yeah. incredible Moira. woman mm -hmm. uh, Maura and look, another incredible woman and, and I just feel it's the men of Australia should be standing up to support the women and I feel embarrassed as a man to see what's going on. Uh, David, thanks so much for your thoughts. Uh, Kiralee, your response for David? Oh, 
Thank you so much, David, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate uh, that sentiment and your commitment um, because it is, a, I mean, what affects women affects men, affects our children, you know, and women in particular, we are the ones primarily to raise the children. So it is so important uh, that the men stand with us, they support us, they protect us, and they provide for us. And um, I've been really, really gobsmacked and disappointed. Um, you know, I've been through uh, six court cases, one is yet to be decided, but five I have prevailed in. However, it's been incredible to me how many men have stood on the sidelines and allowed males to compete in their daughters or their wives or their sisters' sports and have said nothing. My own son was excluded from a club because he stood up for women's rights. And uh, it's really disturbing the lack of men who are prepared to stand in that gap for us. So thank you, David, and thank you, Neil, and to the many, many good men listening. But I do ask that uh, you, you think about how you can take a more proactive stance in, in this space. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Kiralee Smith is back with us today. She's the reigning Australian Mother of the Year, but she leads the organisation called Binary and standing up to the campaign to de-gender Australian society. This is happening in a significant way, no matter where you look. Uh, Kiralee, you have been before the courts. You mentioned this just before the break. I wonder if you can give us an update on your legal battles because uh, one way to challenge the Christian who might stand up against these things is to silence them uh, with a lawfare in the courts. You've been uh, in the courts a number of times now. Give us a little update on your legal battles. Thanks, Neil. Um, yeah, I had three applications of AVOs against me, so apprehension of violence orders, uh, simply because I identified two male soccer players playing in female competitions. So Football Australia, one of their employees, issued or tried to apply for one but withdrew it before we went to court. The second one the police took out against me, but they withdrew it without explanation or apology when it went to court after six months of preparation and legal bills. And then uh, the third application did go to a hearing and we had to sit before a magistrate earlier this year in January. She denied that AVO that uh, and said that, uh, you know, the courts do not intervene uh, in my behaviour because I have not, uh, you know, I, I, I'm no threat, a violent threat towards this person. And then there's been two vilification complaints as well by the same players. Uh, one was dismissed uh, from the New South Wales Civil and Administrative Tribunal because they are not an appropriate uh, place to hear this matter. If it is going to be heard at all, it has to be in a court that comes under federal jurisdiction. Uh, there is still one outstanding matter and we're hoping that that will go the same way because uh, it's it's a similar matter uh, of vilification. And that vilification, uh, that accusation against me is that uh, because these males uh, identify as female that I've vilified them by calling them men. So uh, speaking the truth is now something that can get us uh, dragged before courts. But I am proud to say and happy to say that I've stood my ground and we've won uh, or, you know, succeeded in five applications so far. Uh, there's this one to go and I'm quietly confident that we will succeed in that one as well. Well, it's a big challenge, isn't it? The things we've talked about so far around sex and gender and looking for solutions. Uh, what do you think is a solution? And taking calls on one 
1-800-316-316. Let's take some more calls. Philip is in Adelaide. Hey, Philip, welcome along. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you, Carolyn, for everything that you do and stand up for and standing in the gap. We think that's awesome. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Yeah, so... I, I just want to share a thought, I suppose. Um, I, I'm a junior football coach at a local footy club here in South Australia, um, as well as a senior player in, the, in a men's group. Um, but one, one issue that I guess that we have is, I'm not sure if it's out of fear or, or what it is, but in the football clubs uh, or in the football club that I'm involved in, um, it's a part of their terms and conditions that you must sign that there is no discrimination between sex or gender. Now, we also have some female teams um, in the league itself, and we know that in our, well, in our club we don't have any males playing in that league, but the, the girls there do play against other teams from other clubs that do have biological males in the team. And I know it is a pretty big concern of the females in the team playing against them that they're up against who who is a biological male and being a full contact sport, things like that. um, There are obviously some concerns that the girls in the group have, but even for a junior coach, it seems a little bit difficult to, to know how to really sort of navigate that against what would be club policy and and I and I heard what you said about your son um, standing up for for his thoughts, and and I think that's great. But I think it's hard in in the culture that we are um, to be able to do that, knowing that these are the policies. And I'm and I'm wondering if you can give us some light on how these policies are shaped and formed um, in a legal sense. Wow. Philip, a great insight there. And, you know, when we talk about uh, coaches in sporting clubs signing away their ability to identify males on female teams and uh, the challenges that come from that. Uh, Kiralee, your thoughts here for Philip? Thank you so much for sharing that, Philip. And I just want to say you're not alone. Uh, I get contacted by people in similar positions every single week. And, um, you know, part of the reason that landed me in court was <laughs> this exact reason because um, I I chose to speak up about it uh, at my son's club and then found out about other players um, around the country, basically. It is very difficult. I won't say that it's not difficult because it is. And legally, these things do need to be challenged. And that's the only way that we will get resolution. Um, I think there's a number of things we see in America, you know, there's been a lot of success with entire teams refusing to take the court or the field against these players. Um, I I think that that's a very temporary thing because in Australia, I know a lot of clubs and uh, players have been told that they'd be fined or that legal action would be taken against them if they took that sort of action. Um, But I think that that's exactly what needs to happen. Um, But I think it is the club coaches and officials. I don't think that it should be put on the girls to do this. They're already at risk having to play against the males in the first place. They just want to go and play sport for fun. And it's really disturbing that they're put in this situation. So I think that the parents, the club coaches, there's strength in numbers. So first of all, uh, write to your organisations or ask for a meeting. 
lay out your concerns because they're very valid concerns to have about biological advantages that males have over females and I think take it to your local um, MPs as well because ultimately they are the only ones that can change this situation by putting the definitions of male and female back into law but it is going to require some very courageous uh, very steadfast people to stand up and to um, to draw a line in the sand and say thus far and no further because these young girls their lives their bodies, their minds are at risk when they're forced to play against these males and no adult is standing in the gap for them. Philip in Adelaide, I'm going to make a little list here. I'm going to say your solution, empower coaches on sporting teams to decide. Don't leave it with the vulnerable girls who risk injury. And uh, But great thoughts, and I hope that was a useful response there from Kiralee. Thank you so much for your call. Uh, let's take another one before news. Uh, time is short before news, but let's hear from Adam in Marysville in Victoria. Hey, Adam, welcome along. Hello, Neil, and hello, Kira Lee. Adam, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I was, yeah, I was, <coughs> as, as a, um, I'm retired now, but I played footy. Um, I played over 300 games, in fact, but that's AFL footy for everybody else around um, Not Not in the big league, AFL, but just in country footy. My concern would be is these um, men who are biological male, but they're pretend they're they're saying, "Oh, we're females." My my concern is that the sheer size different, weight difference, muscle weight. I'd I'd fear for the safety of female. Biological females that are playing against these males, um, I I wouldn't want to do it myself, just for their own personal safety. I was just um, Adam, man. you're highlighting the real challenge here uh, when this issue of sex and gender applies to sport. Uh, that women are at risk of injury. And uh, I think we will be talking some more about that, perhaps coming after the news. And uh, that does reinforce some of the things that we've been talking about for some time now, where women can be the biggest losers here. If they have no say as to who's playing in their sporting competition, and uh, there are some real advantages uh, that even males who may have transitioned uh, in some sense uh, still have as a biological advantage. Uh, Kiralee, uh, you know, just uh, putting together that little list, um, you know, one listener said, it's time for men to stand up for women. Another said, empower coaches to decide what's safe on the sports field. Don't leave it to the vulnerable girls who risk injury. I wonder if we can move our conversation and we'll take some calls as they come, but somehow or other, if there's going to be change it's got to be political change. It's got to happen at the legislation level. And I wonder whether you've got any thoughts here on how it got to be like it is. You mentioned Julia Gillard uh, back to her day as Prime Minister. Uh, if we're talking political and legislation level change, where do we start here? 
Look, you know, it's it's quite staggering. The politicians, many that I've spoken to, aren't even aware that this is an issue and that sex and the definitions have been removed from the Sex Discrimination Act. We have, you know, we do have many good ones who are onto this, like Senator Malcolm Roberts and Claire Chandler and um, John Ruddick. There's so many more that I'll, I could name, but the, the majority are just... Uh, ignorant, and I don't mean that as a slur, I mean they're just simply not aware of the impact that this legislation or lack of has uh, for women in this country. And so it's really essential that people inform their MPs and ask them what they can do uh, to get the definitions of male and female back into the Sex Discrimination Act because while it's not there, we have males in female prisons, we have males in female sport, we have males in female shelters, we have males in female change rooms. And, uh, you know, I know one of my MPs just, he laughed, he was so shocked when I said that they were males, fully intact, had no surgery, in female prisons. They have been put there because of violent sexual assault and now they're in female prisons. He was stunned and yet he did realise he and his colleagues are the only ones that can do anything about it, Neil. So that's the first step. So if I'm hearing you right here, Kira Lee, you're saying actually that one of the biggest steps to fixing this is a very simple solution, and that's the reinstatement of the definitions of male, female and sex back into the Sex Discrimination Act. Um, yes. You know, these things seem to be easy to remove, uh, hard to get back in. But is, is I mean, what would happen if uh, we had a courageous uh, government that would actually reinsert those? What would happen, do you well, think? Well, look, I think it would... Um it would solve a great, like, you know, 90% plus of all the issues that we're facing today and the problems that we have because, you know, until the, the you know, end of last century, there were no issues with these things. There were people who cross-dressed or identified differently and that's fine, but it's the imposition now that we all have to go along with this lie. We all have to accept males in female spaces. That's a problem. And so by putting those definitions back in, we put the protections back on women and girls uh, in in all areas, spaces, services and sports. Um, and then we can offer support and compassion and grace uh, to those who adults who want to identify as something other than what they are. Uh, and we can protect children from, you know, we haven't talked about that yet today, but you and I have talked about it several times before, Neil, that it's the children who are at greatest risk here because they're being put on medicalised pathways, uh, all because they're told that they can change their sex, which is an outright lie. It's deception. They can't. No amount of drugs, no amount of surgery will change a person's sex. And so we need to get these definitions back into law and then we can deal with all of the uh, problems that have arisen uh, while it's been out of law. Uh, well, listeners might like to have their say. You might even want to argue with it. That's okay. 1-800-316-316. Let's take some calls. Charlotte is in Perth, WA. Hi, Charlotte. Welcome along. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. Charlotte, what are your thoughts? Yeah, good. So just listening to this, and look, I'm not, um, you know, I'm neutral in all ways and that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, it's something that is not going to be fixed. Um, I think it's the new way things are going. And if we can't fix it, obviously get a solution. Mine would just be like, especially on the sports side, if, you know, male and female, then have your own group for genres. 
um, you know, have your own special group then for males who identify as the females and vice versa. So then it's fair all the way around, if that makes sense. Okay, well, the thought that it might never be fixed and maybe, you know, maybe the genie's out of the bottle, there's an old saying there, Um, but you're saying there ought to be a special group for people who might be identifying one way. Um, Kiralee, is there something workable in that? Uh, Look, it's a great suggestion, Shiloh, but what we've seen around the world and in many sports is they create open, mixed or transgender categories for people and these males say, no, I don't want to compete in those. I want to compete in the female sports and that they'll take uh, organisations to court that refuse them uh, access to the female sports. And so, yeah, great solution and a lot of sporting codes have tried that, um, but unfortunately there's some aggressive male activists uh, in this cohort that say, no, it's not enough. They want to dominate women. And so um, I don't accept that the genie's out of the bottle. I don't accept that we can't reverse this. Um, Myself and many others are working really hard. It will take time. Uh, But I think that the more people who understand what's at risk, how women and girls in particular are being harmed in this process, um, as more and more detransitioners and desisters speak out about the harm that's been done to them, and as lawsuits continue Uh, I think we will see a reversal of these really bad policies. Uh, Charlotte in Perth, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316. Let's take some more calls. Heather is in Harvey Bay in Queensland. Hi, Heather. Welcome along. Hi, Neil. Hi, Kiralee. Nice to meet you both. I've just... uh, It's been an an awesome conversation. Um, But when it comes down to it, uh, just looking at it from a different perspective... It's men bullying women again, you know, and it's and it's these these men who want to play sports, these men who want to do this, do that, um, you know. So they're sort of, you know, I don't know. I mean, they've 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 done in the head, quite frankly, and they're doing themselves a disservice because they're not going to get any respect out of it anyway if they keep demanding um, that they they play in women's sports or you know, the equivalent in other areas of life. So, you know, that's, it's just like, I, I just think they all need to go and get a brain scan or go and get, um, you know, go and get their bits if, if they're worried about um, sexuality and gender and that sort of thing. You know, they, they can't change it, like you've been saying. And I, the only other thing I can suggest as a solution, Neil, is maybe we need a referendum on this, you know? I mean, I'm just tossing the balls up in the air there, and I wonder how that would go. Okay, well, let's talk about that. Um, Two points I'm picking up here. Um, This is men bullying women, and uh, maybe a solution might be a referendum. Uh, Kiralee, your thoughts here? Look, you know, I have heard, um, thanks for those uh, comments and questions, Heather. I've heard people say a referendum, but we all know that it would it would definitely, um, you know, we would succeed or, or they would fail because um, most common sense Australians, uh, you know, we're all 
either male or female, we all have mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, children that we want to protect. And so I can't see any government being prepared to um, go to a referendum on it. But I can see government being pressured enough if people speak out and say enough is enough. I really do believe that most politicians are very concerned about numbers and the vote, uh, votes that they will get at election time. And so you need to be, we all need to be very vocal and informing our politicians that if they refuse to protect women and children's rights, they will not get our vote. And uh, they need to hear that loud and clear often, very often from each one of us. So uh, these issues of people having gender dysphoria aren't going to go away, but there's better ways to support these people than to allow them or indulge their fantasy and allow them to ride roughshod over women just because they feel like it. Heather in Harvey Bay, thank you so much for your call. Let's continue to take some calls here. Colin is in Bundaberg in Queensland. Hey, Colin, welcome along. Yeah, good morning. How are you, Neil? Good. Really, um, first of all, I'd just like to uh, applaud you for your courage to stand against these people and, um, and, and go to court and stand for women. That's awesome. I really appreciate that. Um, thank you. The other thing that, uh, that strikes me is that um, for years there was this push to have equal rights for women, and yet it's just been erased uh, in no time as though... It never even happened, and it's just that's shocking to me. I find that completely shocking. And my I, other point, yep. and my other point is, the uh, World Economic Forum seems to have a policy of wanting to reduce population, and by neutering people through the sex change process, they're they're actually achieving this, and so they're indoctrinating the world uh, to to achieve uh, the outcome of reducing the population through this. Uh, that's an interesting one, Colin. Uh, thoughts from you, Kiralee, on those points? Thank you, Colin. Yeah, look, women's rights have been erased very quickly and uh, quite alarmingly right before our eyes. So I agree with you on that and thank you. And, um, yeah, look, I've heard the um, those arguments about WEF and other things and, and what I'll say to that is that uh, we're definitely creating a lot of problems uh, in a whole generation of young people who are very confused and get being very damaged. Thousands and thousands of children are being put on puberty bloggers um, and cross-sex hormones that are being used off-label. That means they haven't been uh, approved or tested for this use. Uh, it's causing sterility. It is causing uh, infertility. It's causing zero sexual function. Um, and they're irreversible measures. They cannot be reversed in any way. So um, at the very least, we're creating lifelong medical patients uh, in these children because they're going to rely on pharmaceuticals for the rest of their life and uh, they're definitely going to be infertile. So uh, whether, you know, there is a, um, a whole cohort uh, setting out and with the aim to do that or not, I don't know, but it's definitely the result of what's happening. Colin in Bundaberg, thank you so much for your call and neutering men and women uh, in an effort for population control. Uh, that's an interesting dimension, isn't it? Uh, and who knows? Maybe there's some truth to a lot of experiments that you might be seeing happening with humanity. Hey, 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call. Rory is in Manjimup in WA. Hey, Rory, welcome. Hey, good morning. Neil, Kiralee, how are you going? Good, Rory. What good. are your thoughts? Hey, um, I was just thinking off the top of my head that um, if we want to maybe have some change in Parliament, maybe if those politicians who 
stand against transgenderism for a bit of a, a stunt, uh, came out as females and started going into the female politicians' bathrooms and their spaces, uh, maybe the female politicians might all of a sudden go, you know what, this is none. Um, maybe you might just find some people just going... You well, this is, a, this is a very creative uh, solution you're coming up here, Rory. Um, Kiralee, what are your thoughts for Rory? Yeah, look, great suggestion, Rory. I think that that uh, would certainly be a great stunt that would get a lot of uh, coverage. Uh, let me say that there are a number of politicians that have done exactly that in the UK and in European countries. And, uh, you know, they did get a lot of attention. Unfortunately, it didn't necessarily uh, get the desired results yet, but it certainly raised awareness for people. And, you know, one of the things that we were suggesting last year was that, okay, if men can... Um, register in uh you know sporting teams as women why not get entire teams of men to go and do that we say don't play don't uh, actually injure the girls but take the field uh, just as a statement just as a stunt um take the field take the court whatever it is whatever the sport is but if you've got a whole lot of men who you know of all different ages sizes shapes um, backgrounds who are uh, you know, sign up as women, I think that that would also um, have the desired effect. So I think we do need to think creatively, think outside the box, and we need to keep raising awareness because the reality is when people understand what's at stake, uh, their eyes are open very quickly and they are usually on side. For ordinary people, um, at one time, not too distant past, you'd be arrested uh, for doing some of the things suggested in this last uh, little segment here. Uh, these days, you you wouldn't be probably arrested for those things if you're doing that sort of stunt. What are your thoughts here, Kiralee? I mean, you know, some people might be thinking, well, wouldn't I be, uh, you know, stepping over a line? Uh, would If I did that, would that be legal? Uh, any thoughts here on... On, on being creative, if you know, if there are listeners who are thinking, well, I need to do something in my town about sports competitions or the like, uh, what are your thoughts here about you know doing a stunt and and being legal in that? Well, look, I mean, it's the law says that you can identify however you like, pretty much in most states of Australia, and so um, in one sense, go for it. But you know, it, it could lead to. Um, you know, if it leads to violence or harming someone, then that's absolutely unacceptable and should not go down that path. But I would hope that before that needs to happen, um, that people would, as I said, either get together in groups and approach your sporting club or approach your local MP or um, go to the council meetings. You know, there's a lot of other creative things. I know of many parents that have taken books off the shelves in the youth section, tried to read them at council meetings, and the councillors have been so shocked by the content uh, that they've asked them to stop reading and that makes a point so there's a lot of different things we can do please you know contact me at info at binary.org.au for more suggestions but um, more than anything make sure that uh, the, the, you do it in numbers you do it respectfully uh, that you never harm anyone but yes be as creative as you like and um, I think there's always merit in making fun or mocking uh, some of these ludicrous uh, policies that are in place. Let me just go through the list as we've got it so far. Uh, what would the solutions potentially be? Uh, men stand up for women. Uh, empower coaches to decide what's safe on the sports field. Don't leave it to the vulnerable girls who risk injury. Uh, get a separate trans competition, somebody suggested. Take it to a referendum, another person said. Uh, another one said in a stunt, 
male politicians dressing as women and using women's toilets. Uh, another stunt, uh, get a whole team of men to take to the field against a women's team. Uh, and then this whole thought of making a mockery of the laws uh, respectfully and without harm, but uh, in whatever you can do creatively to make a mockery of ridiculous laws. Hey, we're, I'm just going to take another one more call. Uh, Alex is in Melbourne. Alex, your thoughts? Oh, yes, Neil. Um, I think I heard Curalee say that the description was written before. I'm just interested to hear how it was written. Uh, description as in? Well, the difference between male and Ah, right. Okay. Yes. So, so in the Sex Discrimination Act, uh, definitions male, female and sex. Curalee, a thought here for Alex? Uh, look, Alex, I'm sorry, I don't have at my fingertips right now the exact wording of those things, but there were definitions um, that related to our biology. So whether it's chromosomes or our reproductive system, it was born out of um, what we've, you know, always accepted of what a male is and what a female is. But those words, uh, I think woman was in there as an adult human female and man was in there as an adult human male, understanding that male and female are the biological terms that refer to our bodies, not our minds or our feelings, uh, and so that's what needs to be reinstated. Okay, Alex, thank you so much for your call. I've got to put a line under calls now, and there's been some great suggestions that have come over this past hour and uh, certainly a, a conversation we can return to sometime. Just in these final few minutes, Kiralee, come back to this political solution and where it comes to legislation. And uh, you've suggested here, actually, there may be a simple fix, as uh, we were just talking, you know, reinstating definitions of male and female and sex back into the Sex Discrimination Act. How do you, in your local community, take this message to those politicians that you are going to be electing at an election coming sometime soon. Uh, how do you approach that? Yeah, look, there's quite a few ways. Um, there's some great groups of women in Queensland and Victoria at the moment who have just very simple signs. They go and stand outside uh, their local MP's office and take photos and post them to social media, asking the question, what is a woman? Or perhaps, you know, that, that name the politician and say this person doesn't, be or be doesn't believe that, you know, um, in bio biology or science. And so make it public. Try and take groups to meet with these politicians. Don't just send them emails because many of them won't read the email. But, again, strengthen numbers. Get a mother's group together. Get your school parents together. Get the sporting club together, whatever it is, um, and make a public demonstration. We've got International Women's Day coming up in March where uh, you could, in your town, host a luncheon or a breakfast, uh, go down to the local park, make some signs, uh, start some conversations uh, with people in a busy area area uh, and let them know because again I just don't think people understand the the gravity of this situation and so politicians have to have the appetite to want to change it in the first place and they'll only get that appetite to change it if they're informed one two if they understand how many of the population are opposed to the current form of legislation and Kiralee just finally and something that usually I like to introduce early into a conversation and uh, we've gotten into this because we've had many conversations like this the motivation of the heart of where Christians are at when we are talking about biological sex, this comes back to the book of Genesis in the Bible. Uh, male and female, he created them. Um, thoughts here from you on the motivation of the heart 
and not yeah. just letting this happen to our children and to our grandchildren, but actually standing up for what is true and what is biblical and what is scientific. Thoughts here from you? Yeah, well, as you said, it all begins in Genesis that we're created male and female. That's God's idea and science just happens to confirm that idea. And it's a good idea. <laughs> it's a great idea, in fact. And uh, then I would say to you that as Christians, uh, we know that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life and that no one comes to the Father except through him. And so he is the truth. The truth is not a concept. The truth is a person and his name is Jesus. And so at the very least, we are called to proclaim the truth. And the truth is that there are is only male and female no third sex has ever been discovered feelings are one thing but reality is another and the reality is there is only male and female and uh in all of that too we know that the bible says uh has a lot to say about liars and what happens to liars and it's not good go and look it up if you're not sure and it also tells us that those who are prepared to lead little children astray that it's better for them to have a millstone tied around their neck and they'd be cast into the sea and so at the moment in australia so many men medical practitioners, parents and teachers are leading little ones astray by lying to them and deceiving them into thinking that they can change their sex. And Jesus says that's not on. We should not be lying to or deceiving our little children. So it's a very serious matter. This isn't just about feelings or someone putting on a dress. This is about the life, the identity of young ones that are um you know, being brought up in our culture and we need to stand in the gap for them and we really do need to protect them. So I think as a Christian, we need to hold the truth in the highest esteem because his name is Jesus. We need to um, not partake in lies and deception and we need to be courageous, bold and courageous and stand up for the truth even when it's hard because we're told that blessed are we when we're insulted or persecuted for his name's sake. Well, I wouldn't like the thought that any listener uh, would miss an opportunity to support the good work that you're doing, Kiralee, and leading by example, and uh, six court cases, five resolved, still another one to go, uh, but for listeners to be supportive of the good work that you're doing, you're leading an organisation, you've got a great board uh, giving you accountability, it's called Binary binary.org.au I know that you've got more than 100,000 email subscribers and for those listeners who want to become a free subscriber to Binary today and there might even be others who are saying well how do I get behind this in a more substantial way maybe there's a financial support I can put in there as well binary.org.au and uh, no doubt you'll be able to send a message of support to Kira Lee uh, through all of the challenges that she's going through and Always appreciate her so very much, and I called her in the introduction uh, one of the very courageous women who is standing up to the rampant campaign to degender Australian society, binary.org.au, and you can become a subscriber to that email. They come out uh, regularly, give you an update on where things are at with this very big battle that's going on. Kira Lee Smith, Thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with listeners once again today on 20. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.